1: I need to play a little too much hero ball. It's a no-brainer selection for Jacksonville. I believe he is a true
2: leader in every sense of the word.
0: I just fear for your fan base that that's what's going to happen.
3: You are listening to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
4: Welcome to Day 3 of the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey, as we take you through the first round of the NFL Draft and beyond. I am Brian Peacock, NFL analyst, also the host of Locked On 49ers, as well as the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Daily on the Locked On Podcast Network. My co-host for that show and for this event is former NFL and college scout, now writing for Pro Football Network Matt Williamson, we're continuing with our ultimate mock draft here with input from over 70 experts from our Locked On NFL and college channels, Locked On NFL draft shows, and of course, our incredible lineup of Odyssey NFL insiders. And remember, when the NFL draft rolls around on April 29th, we've got you covered with a live draft show with the Draft Network, which you can watch on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel and listen live on the Odyssey We've got picks 12 through 17 coming up today. That means the Philadelphia Eagles are officially on the clock, Matt. We've got the Eagles coming up, the Chargers, and then things get very interesting, I think, with the Vikings and the Patriots and four of the top five quarterbacks. So, one of those quarterbacks did make it out of the top 10 in Mac Jones, could potentially be in play today.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point of the draft here. Several teams you just mentioned could go numerous different directions. Um, There's some young quarterbacks at play here in Philadelphia and the Chargers. I think the Eagles are really interesting, too, in that they're going to have loads of draft capital a year from now, you know, maybe even three first round picks. So uh, they're going to bring quite the influx of talent starting with this pick over the next two years.
4: You know, and oddly enough, we haven't seen a trade yet, but I, I feel like one has to be coming up very soon, right? And potentially today, at some point, maybe teams were asking too much. Maybe some teams wanted to hold their water, but I feel like. Man, uh, in the top fifteen or so picks, there's there's got to be a move coming.
0: I would think, you know, a lot of active locked on owners out there chatting, and you were one of them. I'm curious how much, you know, talks happened. I guess your Niners aren't the best example to to, to rehash that <laughs> because you, your your team moved up to three and was going to grab a quarterback, but. Uh, I was a little jealous that I didn't have a team to represent because I think I'd have been calling people left and right.
4: Yeah, try to get things working. I know there was a lot of talks in the top 10 and nothing got done, I think, because teams were maybe asking a little, maybe some greedy hosts out there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. We'll we'll see, though. Um, Fantastic folks here on the network, and I can't wait to see what Louie and Gino do with the first selection. And... The pick is in, so let's go to the Eagles War Room, Louis DiBiase and Gino Camilleri, the hosts of Locked On Eagles with the pick at 12.
2: I'm Louis DiBiase, host of the Locked On Eagles podcast with the 12th overall pick in the 2021 Locked On NFL Mock Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Alabama wide receiver and 2020 Heisman winner Devontae Smith. We've done this mock draft now for Locked On NFL. Myself and my co-host Gino Camilleri, 3 years in a row and we've taken a receiver three years in a row. It was DK Metcalf in 2019. It was Brandon Ayuk in 2020. The Eagles took J.J. Ortega-Whiteside in 2019 and Jalen Rager in 2020. Hopefully the third time is the charm here to find their true wide receiver one and I think that's Devontae Smith. I'm not worried about that 170 pound frame. When you have a wingspan like Devontae has, when you have the ability to create separation with press man coverage, the run after the catch ability, the ability to high point the football, he's an all-around stud wide receiver that I think is going to be an outlier when it comes to the weight that he carries into the NFL and that allows Jalen Rager, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, all these guys it takes the pressure off of them when Devontae Smith hopefully is your wide receiver one and it also will be tremendous for Jalen Hurts or whoever the Eagles quarterback is moving forward having a weapon like Smith. At wide receiver, the Eagles have not had a 1,000-yard receiver since 2014 in Jeremy Macklin. I think that would change if Devontae comes to Philly in 2021.
4: The Heisman winner, Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama. Personally, my favorite wide receiver in this draft. I know he's a little light, he's a little slim, but man, can this guy play and there's reports of how he used to come off the field and opposing coaches and players were dumbfounded because he knew what they were doing and knew what the coverages were and knew what the calls were and such a smart player and to me matt i don't think his weight's an issue because it wasn't an issue in college and i don't really have a problem with it and i think the philadelphia eagles got a steal here at 12.
0: i think this was a very logical pick you know i mentioned they're going with hurts right now so give him every chance you can to to really succeed Um, I still have hope for Jalen Rager, to be honest with you, but this is a much different style receiver. I'm sure Smith will get a lot more targets than Rager. He'll be the foundation of the passing game, mixed in with Rager and Goddard and Sanders as a receiver. It's a good unit all of a sudden, and they're young and ascending, hopefully, with the quarterback.
4: Jalen Rager making that year two leap. Devontae Smith should be ready to play very early in his career should go a long way in helping second-year quarterback Jalen Hurts, or they might be using all of that draft capital next year to go find their future quarterback if Hurts proves to not be it. Michael Irvin, back with us again here, the Hall of Famer to break down a division foe throughout his career. Michael Irvin, your thoughts on the Alabama wide receiver to the Philadelphia
1: Eagles. Wow. How lucky are the Philadelphia Eagles to be able to get Devontae Smith right here. They let Deshaun Jackson go, injuries and old age, and they get a younger, maybe faster, Deshaun Jackson. This kid will work great with Jalen Hurts because as Hurts develop, what Devontae Smith gives him an opportunity to do is to throw some short passes and with his ability to take him a long ways so I can work the short game with this kind of receiver and still get big plays. So the numbers for the quarterback will absolutely look better than they really are.
4: And now we pass things off to Luke Robinson again, the host of Locked On Bama, a busy man in this ultimate mock draft. Hey everybody, Luke Robinson with Locked On Bama, Devontae
5: Smith. What can you say about this guy? Um... Joseph, the the consummate college football player. I think he's going to be fantastic at the next level, too. But uh, you can't talk about Devontae Smith without talking about all the awards he won this past year, playing an all-SEC schedule, and then, of course, Notre Dame and Ohio State in the national championship game where he was headed for a 300-yard receiving contest, if not more, uh, until he got hurt early in the second half. The Heisman Trophy winner, uh, very, very fast, very, very quick. Uh, He's not necessarily known for his breakaway speed necessarily, but he is certainly fast enough. I have never seen him get caught from behind. He's also just a student of the game. His route running is incredibly precise, one of the best route runners that's ever come through the University of Alabama. I think he's going to be a very long-term player in the NFL, and he is going to be a guy that's going to be very successful because he will take nothing
4: less than That brings us, Matt, to pick 13, and it is the Los Angeles Chargers that are now on the clock. Daniel and David, the hosts of Locked On Chargers, standing by with that selection. Uh, I think the top 12 picks maybe went in a little different order than we expected, but I I think that this is probably how the Chargers... Figure to see things. Maybe one of the quarterbacks goes and one more of the non-quarterbacks fall to them there. I think Rashawn Slater would have been a player that the Chargers would have loved to fall here. What are your thoughts on where the Chargers could go as this board has fallen at pick 13?
0: In general, uh, I like how this sets up for, for the Chargers at 13. I think there'll be a corner of interest. I think there will be several you know, starting caliber, maybe star caliber offensive linemen. Maybe one of the Bama receivers would be too good to pass up. You know, we just saw Devontae Smith fall off the board. Imagine pairing him or Waddle with the two that they have now, and they'd lost 10 or Henry. Um, so there's a lot of directions they can go, and maybe this is one of those teams where you look at it like, well, what's going to be there in the second round for me? You know, because they could go one of those three directions, in my opinion, and really make themselves better.
4: How will they make themselves better? The pick is in two. The Locked On Chargers
6: War Room with the 13th selection in the Ultimate Mock Draft. This is Daniel Wade from Locked On Chargers with the 13th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The Los Angeles Chargers select Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive tackle from the University of Southern California. There have been some concerns that Vera Tucker will play guard at the next level, but the Chargers believe they have found their left tackle of the future. After adding three new starters to the offensive line in free agency, the Chargers feel like they are putting the cherry on top in their commitment to protect Justin Herbert by now bringing in four new starters to improve one of the worst units in the NFL in 2020. The two top targets for the team were Rashawn Slater and Panay Sewell, but with both of them off the board and both of our two best cornerbacks off the board in RIs in Patrick Sertan II and J.C. Horn. The decision came in to take the best offensive lineman available, and now we believe that we, by protecting Justin Herbert, will give ourselves the best chance to win in 2021.
4: Elijah Vera Tucker, he has a lot of fans throughout the draft community. The question here is tackle or guard?
0: I look at Vera Tucker and, and think he very well could land here Um, I, I, there's, there's a logic to hitting a leadoff double in the first round of your draft, You, you know, for any team in the real NFL draft. And I think that's exactly what Vera Tucker is. He'll probably land somewhere between 13 and 20 overall, probably plays a real long time in this league, goes to a Pro Bowl or two, especially if he does, takes most of his snaps at guard. The Chargers probably would prefer a tackle and maybe they give him a chance to succeed outside. But it's not like they can't use a guard either.
4: Guards are starting to get paid more and more, right? It's not quite tackle money, but it's pretty good. So teams do care about that position as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, if he has a Joe Thune-like career, you know, I mean, who also could play tackle in a pinch. Mm -hmm. Nobody's frowning at that. And you got him at a a cost-effective price for the next five years and then take it from there. I think he's a really good player.
4: Joe Thune, that's actually a really good comp, thinking about uh, a college tackle that that became a long-term guard and just had a nice little payday for himself with the kansas city chiefs i like that comp for elijah vera tucker let's see how your old buddy ross tucker feels about the selection for the chargers at 13.
7: for the more the more i watched elijah vera tucker the offensive lineman at usc the more i liked him first of all i don't think we're related but the fact that he has tucker in his last name i'll take it i'll take it we might be related somehow so I love that. Also love this guy's game. You know, he played a number of positions at SC, played them all well, showed he could play on the right side, showed he could play on the left side, showed he could play inside at guard and then bumped out this year and was an absolute stud at left tackle for the Trojans. So the way I look at it is, I think he can play tackle and I think every team should give him a chance to play tackle. But if it doesn't work out, There's a lot of guys that have moved inside and been very successful. Joel Batonio, Brandon Sherr, Zach Martin. Elijah Vera Tucker has the skill set and the body type to be in that mold. Absolutely love the Chargers taking Elijah Vera Tucker here at 13. He is what they call a plug and play guy. I don't know yet where he'll play for them, but he'll start somewhere for the Chargers for the next 10 years. Now remember, the Chargers are totally revamping their offensive line. I mean, they let Forrest Lamp go. They let Dan Feeney go. They released Trey Turner. So they need guys. They brought in uh, Abushi. They brought in Matt Filer. They brought in Corey Lindsley, but they're still short at left tackle, and I think that's going to be where Elijah Vera Tucker would play. Worst case scenario, he moves into left guard and is an absolute stud there. They know what they have at the Skill Guys. They know what they have at Justin Herbert. They also know that games are won and lost by the big boys up front, and they did the right thing by going ahead and getting Elijah Barrett Tucker.
4: Cindy Robinson standing by with another Pac-12 offensive lineman sticking around in LA. Hey, I'm Cindy, your new Locked On Pac-12
3: host, Here to give you a quick breakdown of O-lineman Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. He's a top guard in this draft, but he brings versatility as he was the Trojans' top tackle last season. Now, he initially opted out of the 2020 season, but then decided to rejoin his teammates just in time for Pac-12 play to resume. Finished out the season as the Morris Trophy winner for Pac-12's best offensive lineman. Now He has great athletic ability getting out to that second level in the run game, he moves well laterally in pass protection, and he displays great balance and body control, making it challenging for defenses to overpower him. The draft network says he'd be best suited in a zone blocking scheme, but he's athletic enough to adapt to any scheme at the pro level. Now, although he can fill in multiple positions on that offensive line, most teams will probably look to utilize him at the guard due to his size.
4: The Minnesota Vikings are now ready to go with the 14th pick in the draft. They will select next. We have the New England Patriots hanging out at pick 15, Cardinals, Las Vegas Raiders, all coming up on day three here of the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 next.
8: Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino of the Draft Dudes podcast. And the next few picks are in two really likable fits for their respective teams, the Philadelphia Eagles at 12, taking Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver Devontae Smith. The Eagles made significant investments into their wide receiver room in last year's NFL draft, but they've also made some drastic changes to the infrastructure of their offense between the head coaching change, Carson Wentz no longer being in the picture, Devontae Smith, his presence as a guy who can line up inside, outside. He did it all at the University of Alabama. The concerns about his frame, have prompted him to fall a little bit outside the top 10. But in the grand scheme of things, you know you're getting a route technician. You know you're getting a guy who can win to all three levels of the field. That for Jalen Hurts is going to be an invaluable piece of this wide receiver room moving forward. And I would expect him to establish chemistry with Hurts very early on and end up being the top pass catcher.
9: I really like this pick by the Los Angeles Chargers at number 13 going for USC offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker and offensive line has been an issue for the Chargers for too long now and I think it really kind of spoiled the end of the Philip Philip Rivers era for the Chargers and you don't want to see this be a problem with the new exciting quarterback in in Justin Herbert in the mix now. And so Vera Tucker, a player that was dominant at guard in 2019, and he looked really good at tackle in 2020. So for the Chargers and their efforts to get the best five blockers on the board, I really like this pick. Vera Tucker is technically refined and ready to start from day one.
4: Pick 14 on the clock, Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings standing by. You know, Matt, Elijah Vera Tucker has been a popular pick here for the Vikings Usually five quarterbacks are gone. And now Elijah Vera Tucker is gone. Quarterback still available. A guy that's being compared to Kirk Cousins like crazy this draft season and Mac Jones. I don't think they would go quarterback. But if they could get a player who's as good with maybe a little higher ceiling, pay him a lot less for the next four years, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if this is a quarterback. They could take the first A defensive player that's not a corner off the board, a defensive lineman would make a ton of sense for the Minnesota Vikings here. Christian Derrissaw is still available and might be the next offensive lineman up as far as consensus draft boards go. Where do you think the Vikings can take this pick at 14?
0: Yeah, I wonder if Luke's not thrilled that Vera Tucker just went to pick pick ahead of him. I mean, you see that mock to them often. Guard is a real need for them, and it seems like it has been forever. But we talk about this a lot on, on Peacock and Williamson, the offense was way better than the defense last year and I know some people were missing Daniel Hunter and those type of guys but I would bet Zimmer if, if the if the guard isn't there pivots very quickly and says just give me the best defensive player available <laughs> probably a pass rusher
4: the pick is in Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings at 14 for Minnesota
10: What's up, everybody? Luke Braun here from Locked On Vikings. And much to my chagrin, we are up at pick 14 here in the Locked On NFL mock draft. I tried really, really hard to trade down. I called just about every team below us in the first round. Nobody wanted to come up. And it kind of makes sense that they wouldn't want to. The only quarterback left on the on the board is Mac Jones. Nobody's particularly interested. Nobody wanted to come up for Micah Parsons. Nobody wanted to come up for any of the edge rushers because all the edge rushers are still there. The guy you want might just fall to you. So it was difficult to find any sort of conversation about trading down, let alone strike a deal, so here we are picking at pick 14, and there's two position groups that seem smart here. There's offensive line in Christian Derrissaw or uh, Samuel Cosme. Neither of those players are particularly exciting. I don't like Christian Derrissaw's athletic profile, and Samuel Cosme, I don't like his tape, so I think we are just going to have to figure out offensive line at a different time. I don't think either of those players are the answer for the Vikings. So let's look at all of these edge rushers. And there's a ton of edge rushers that fall under the athletic but raw category. Chiefly among them, Jason Owe and Pay. There's Jalen Phillips. There's all kinds of other guys. I like those two the best, though, and I- I'm really agonizing over the t- the decision over which ones to take. Jason Owe had a better broad jump. Pay has better agility. I think overall, Pay has a more exciting athletic profile to me and also seems like the kind of guy that can be a little bit more impactful day one. He seems a little bit closer to pro ready to me. So if he can be athletic and and win with that athleticism on day one, it might not be as productive as he'll be at the end of his career. But while he learns and grows, he can still be useful to the Vikings. And so that's why I'm taking Pay edge rusher out of Michigan at pick 14. Now the Patriots are on the clock.
4: And we now have a defensive lineman off the board. It is Quiddy Pay from Michigan. Uh, I love his energy. I this has to, is this a record? This is a record, right, Matt, for the latest a defensive lineman has ever gone in the draft, pick fourteen. Oh, and sweet. we might start to see a run here on defensive lineman Quiddy Pay. There's a lot to like, but there's a reason that he was still available at pick fourteen. Maybe not quite the bendy, flexible edge rusher. Maybe not a perfect profile as far as length, but he's got explosion. He's got athleticism, and he will keep on coming off the edge.
0: Yeah, without question. And you got to remember that all of a sudden their defensive tackle group is very big and physical and Pierce returns and Tomlinson was added and Hunter comes back from injury that you can kind of just unleash pay and let him be an athlete. Uh, Hunter had a similar profile coming out of LSU in that he was very twitchy, great tester, but wasn't super productive from a sack you know, point of view. And Minnesota got a lot out of him.
4: I love the addition of the Odyssey Experts this year in our Ultimate Mock Draft, Matt. We get another Baldy breakdown here. Brian Baldinger standing by with the selection of Quiddy Pay to the Vikings at 14.
1: Quiddy Pay, the four-year player from the University of Michigan, has got a lot of tools that you really like. I mean, he's got good size, 6'4", over 270 pounds, moves well, um, has played in a real system there at Michigan where he can really show you his hands, uh, his strength, his ability to disengage from blocks. I don't think he's a great pass rusher yet. I think he doesn't bend really well enough, but he does get off of blocks. He does play hard. He does make a lot of plays on the other side of the field. You're going to get good effort. I think if Pay is coached really well and given time, Uh, Maybe not his first year, but given time, I think he has a chance to be a very good edge rusher in this league. And so I think he's going to be the first edge rusher off the board. Um, It could go as early as 10 to Dallas, but there's going to be a lot of people that are going to like what Quiddy Pay brings to your team. Mike Zimmer has said since the end of last season that it was the worst defense he ever coached with the Vikings last year. All kinds of injuries. Daniil Hunter opted out. They traded Everson Griffin. Yannick Ngakwe didn't work out, blah, blah, blah. But they need edge rushers. It's their number one priority. I mean, Pay would fit perfectly with what they're doing. I mean, maybe Daniel Hunter comes back. He's happy with his contract and plays at a high level. DJ Wanham from South Carolina. They drafted last year, showed flashes last year, being able to come off the edge. But they need somebody to, to really... You know, get the other team's attention, especially when you're going up against uh, Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and you're trying to dethrone the Packers who've dominated that division recently. So, Quiddy Pay makes a lot of sense if he's around when the Vikings are picking. But they need Edge Rush help, and quitty Pay would certainly help that defense, a young defense. Locked
4: on Wolverines checking in. Isaiah Hole, the host of Locked on Wolverines, had an up close view of Quitty Pay's career. In Michigan, what are the Vikings getting in this dynamic edge player?
11: Hey, this is Isaiah Hole from Locked On Wolverines, here to talk about Quiddy Pay from Michigan. Uh, he is a defensive end that is an absolute athletic freak. That's one thing you need to know about him. He has freakish athleticism. His old defensive coordinator once called him one big muscle, but he's got speed. Ran a 4.45 uh, 240 uh, on top of the fact that he also benched 29 times in the uh, Michigan's Pro Day. Uh, when he gets to the NFL, I think he's going to be an, an exemplary defensive end. He's a guy that you can stand up. He's a guy that you can put up front. You can guy you can even put in the middle. He can kind of do it all. Uh, didn't necessarily showcase his full level of skills and ability at Michigan, uh, but at the same time, I, I don't think that's what Michigan asked him to do. And I think once he gets to the NFL... He is going to have a very, very productive career. He's a guy that can get to the quarterback. He's a guy that can shed blocks. He's got everything that you're looking for, and that's why he's going to be a really high selection for whatever team picks him.
4: We've made it to the middle of round one and pick 15, and the New England Patriots on the clock here. Mike DeBate is ready to make a selection. Mac Jones, Matt, still on the board. He did not go in the top 14 selections. Nobody traded up for a quarterback you get the vibe that maybe a lot of analysts aren't as excited about mac jones as some nfl teams are leaked to be a team potentially trading up to pick three for mac jones and him sliding all the way to pick 15 and maybe beyond are two very different things as far as stock value goes for an nfl prospect
0: no fan base is gonna go crazy wow we added Mac jones but In the reality of the world, is is if he can operate an efficient offense in a very cost cost effective manner, and distribute the football like coaches want, that's very patriot esque. You know, there'll be obvious Brady comparisons, which would be a little rough. But do your job. Well, Mac Jones does his job. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Micah Parsons would be, you know, somebody to look at here as well. They're always in the market for more corner help. They could add another pass rusher as well, but. Maybe even a receiver, but I think Mac Jones makes a lot of sense at this stage of the game.
4: Wide receiver potentially for the New England Patriots. Offensive line, I think the defense is definitely not finished yet. Bill Belichick did not like what he saw from that unit last year. Mike DeBate, ready to go with the selection at 15.
12: I'm Mike DeBate have Locked On Patriots, and with the 15th selection, the New England Patriots select quarterback Mac Jones out of the University of Alabama and this pick may be met with some resistance. Some may question whether or not Jones was worth the first round selection. Others may say there was a lot of top-tier talent still left on the board. Strongly considered going with linebacker Micah Parsons out of Penn State here, but the New England Patriots' need for their quarterback of the future was the deciding factor. And make no mistake about it, Mac isn't chosen simply because he's a quarterback. He's being chosen because he might just be the best quarterback to lead the New England Patriots into their new generation. The cerebral way with which he plays the game has caught the eye of several people that know the Patriots' offense quite well. People like Dante Scarnecchia, Charlie Weiss, Mike Lombardi have all marveled at the way that Mac is able to maneuver around in the pocket, make anticipatory throws, and lead his receivers to an open target. Mac may not be the most athletic quarterback in this class. He may not have the strongest arm, but what he does is have a high football IQ that will allow a play caller like Josh McDaniels to maximize his strengths. Sitting behind Cam Newton for a year may be just the medicine Mac needs to be a solid pro in the NFL. That means that the New England Patriots are the ideal fit for Mac Jones, who is their new quarterback of the future with the number 15 selection.
4: And it was the quarterback. Mike debate liked the quarterback mm. enough to draft him 15, but just not enough to try to go up and get him. And I
0: think that's what I would have done too. I mean, I don't say a lot of great things about Mac Jones, but certainly the Belichick Saban connections into play here too. We've seen this offer this offense operate at a very high level with with a ball distributor, smart guy. I mean, they have a line in place that I think Mac Jones wouldn't be under a ton of pressure. They'll probably run the ball reasonably well in the next couple of years. We'll see when he takes over the reins, but I think this is a smart pick.
4: Andy Gresh of WEEI on the selection of Mac Jones for the Patriots.
13: Well, Mac Jones was the right choice for the Patriots because when you look at the offense that he played in, it's Nick Saban. We know Nick Saban and Bill Belichick have known each other going all the way back to their time in the early 90s in Cleveland. And this is one where I trust the intel of Bill Belichick. We had Lane Kiffin, the coach of Ole Miss, just a couple days ago, came out and said, hey, not everybody calls to get intel on these players, but Bill Belichick is one of those guys. And you know him and Saban are hanging out and fishing and stuff like that so if anybody is going to have the right kind of intel as to what a Patriots quarterback would profile to be it would be Bill Belichick in snagging Mac Jones that said we have not erased the legend of Tom Brady and that's going to be one of the things that Mac Jones really has to fight against is everybody's going to be comparing him to Brady out of the shoot and it's probably going to be pretty unfair
4: we're getting to know Luke Robinson pretty well of Locked On Bama, another Crimson Tide player, this time the quarterback, Mac Jones. What kind of player is he? Is there a little more to Mac Jones than some analysts are seeing in that height, weight, speed, and with his T-shirt off for Alabama? <laughs> hey, everybody, Luke Robinson with Locked On
5: Bama. I want to talk about Mac Jones right here. This is a kid that was in the same quarterback room with Jalen Hurts with uh, Tua Tungo-Vailoa. He he waited his time, finally gets in, uh, and he does his thing. He sets all types of records for the SEC and for Alabama. Just a great, great player, loves the game of football, deceptively athletic. He's not going to run away from anybody, but he can uh, elude somebody. On occasion, it's not exactly his forte, but he is very, very accurate. He's got a really strong arm. And he's really confident. And that's what you want in a, in a excuse me in a quarterback. He's just uh, very confident in his own ability. And the fact that people keep talking about that he had all these weapons around him, but I think the the reverse of that is that he's around a bunch of other egos, and yet he was still an alpha dog. So I think that should count for something when you talk about Mac Jones. He's going to be a leader at the next level and be a fantastic quarterback.
4: We will finish up Day 3 of the Ultimate Mock Draft with picks 16 and 17 as it stands now. Phones are ringing. The Arizona Cardinals are on the clock at 16, followed by the Las Vegas Raiders. I've had a ton of conversations, Matt, with Bo Brock and Alex Clancy, the hosts of Locked On Cardinals. We do a lot of crossover pods in the NFC West. And let me tell you, these guys are loose cannons. No telling where they will go with this pick. They can go rogue at any moment. A lot of people put... J.C. Horn here, he's already off the board. Caleb Farley with the back injury. How far will he slide? Cornerback, the popular selection position-wise for Arizona.
0: I mean, I know they took a similar player last year in Isaiah Simmons, but what if you paired him with J.O.K. or Micah Mm. Parsons or somebody like that and just have that Buccaneers middle of the field, versatility, speed, explosion? I do think corner's probably the biggest need. Uh, a defensive tackle would make a lot of sense, but that's a lot of, a little early for me for Barmore. And adding another edge wouldn't break my heart either. I mean, you could cut down on JJ Watts snaps and kick him inside and you know have a rotation up front with some youth there wouldn't be a bad idea.
4: Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, they're ready to go, ready to make the selection to pick number 16 in the ultimate mock draft
2: bo brock alex clancy from locked on cardinals and the arizona cardinals with the 16th selection of the 2021 nfl draft they select cornerback caleb farley out of virginia tech the cardinals going to fulfill a need the last glaring hole on this roster for a team that went eight and eight in 2020 and looking to take the next step forward in the rebuild alex Caleb Farley checks the boxes. Six-two, two-zero-seven. Ball hawking corner is a huge position of need for the Cardinals at the cornerback position to supplant Patrick Peterson, who's moved on. He ran a four-two-eight forty, and the Bo and I decided with Caleb Farley went, decided to go with Caleb Farley over Greg Newsom, just because Caleb Farley, aside from the back injury, seems to be the guy that has the highest ceiling and the highest floor, and that's exactly what the Cardinals need from the cornerback position going to the twenty twenty-one season. <laughs>
4: They went with the corner, Caleb Farley. Their doctors, I think, uh, signed off on this selection. Caleb Farley, the athleticism is there. He's absolutely worth a mid-first-round pick with what he can do. And the way he breaks on the ball, didn't play, though, in 2020. I think some GMs are going to be very worried. And if you're risk-averse, I don't think Caleb Farley's for you. But if your doctors sign off, say he's going to be ready for camp, which is the word we've heard so far, don't know what the checkups look like in Indy if Farley was there for that. But the talent is absolutely there. That is not the question.
0: No, not at all. And really hard for me to comment on injuries. I mean, that's the only reason he's available. I would be shocked if a lot of these stable organizations would pass on him if he were to fall much longer. I mean, he's a press man corner with crazy traits. And, you know, again, I hate to, to comment on, on medicals because I just don't know if in the real world he would fall, you know, out of round one. I think that would be very telling. But, boy, there's a lot of landing spots for a guy like this.
4: And I guess it only takes one team for the doctors to say, I'm okay, and check off on it. And if the team loves that evaluation, you get to this portion in the first round, and it's almost a no-brainer pick if you're okay with that medical evaluation. And I love the story I heard about Caleb Farley. He said he runs in the 4-2s, and he knows he does, but he doesn't tell people he runs 4-2 because nobody believes him. So he was ready to just throw down and show everybody at his pro day or the combine, and now none of that is happening. So he never got a chance to put up that 4-2. Teams have to be a little bit apprehensive about this prospect but bo brock and alex clancy of locked on cardinals have no problems making a bold selection like caleb farley
0: you could tell he's a former receiver too i mean the ball's in the air he takes it away he plays it and finds it extremely well rare
4: length i mean he's something elliot shore parks of 94 wip your thoughts on the selection of caleb farley to arizona
14: I do believe that the off-season procedure that Caleb Farley had is a big concern. Now, look, I understand that it was called a minor procedure, but four months of, uh, of rehab to, to come back from it is concerning. And I also can say from firsthand here in Philadelphia, I saw what happened the last time a cornerback as talented as Caleb Farley had an off-season injury that impacted his timeline for the NFL. Sidney Jones here with the Eagles suffered an Achilles injury uh, during his pro day. He ended up missing his entire rookie season, fell to the second round. It was viewed as a good value pick, but unfortunately for a guy as talented, as Sidney Jones was that injury just proved to ultimately be too much to overcome. Now different injury and we obviously hope Caleb Farley can stay healthy but when you combine combine that back injury with the torn ACL that he suffered prior in college I think there's just too much of an injury concern with Caleb Farley to justify taking him as high as number 16 and I do believe it's a concern moving forward for him. After taking Caleb Farley with number 16 overall, there's a few different directions Arizona could go. They don't pick again until number 49. A clear need for this team, in my opinion, is the offensive line. You have the quarterback in Kyler Murray, you have a ton of weapons at receiver and receiver is a potential option i guess you know depending uh what what's there on the board but i think offensive line is probably where they're going to find the best value and one player i would keep an eye on here is creed humphrey out of oklahoma a player that along the interior of the offensive line is probably a first round pick if not for injury concerns and he might be a bit of a reach at you know in the second round in the earlier parts of the second round but i really think he's a guy that could prove to be a steal in the second round, elite level athlete has a ton of experience playing at, at a high level school. And he's got great leadership qualities from everything you hear about him. So if the Cardinals are looking to rebuild that offensive line, it's a bit of a medical risk, which I know they just took on Farley, but if you're willing to do that, I do think Creed Humphrey could be a good pick for them in the second round.
4: Our college expert for the ACC, AJ Black has seen some of Caleb Farley. Nobody saw him in 2020. So what kind of player was he? in 2019 at Virginia Tech.
13: This is AJ Black from Locked On Boston College here to talk about Caleb Farley of Virginia Tech. Now, Caleb Farley, he's a cornerback, 6'2", 197 pounds, who's heading to the NFL. Now, he's an interesting prospect because he is, you know, high risk, high reward. He missed the combine due to a back surgery recently, but if his tape is to believed, he ran a 4 to 8 so blistering speed for a cornerback. And his stats when he was healthy are off the charts. You know, he had a uh, passer rating against him of 26.8. Even though he missed all of 2020 by opting out, Caleb Farley has all of the characteristics of an early first round draft pick and could be an elite NFL cornerback. But he also runs the risk of being a bust as he has had injuries. And that brings us to
4: pick 17, the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's finish this up strong, Matt. Hugh Myers standing by the host of Locked On Raiders could go any number of ways with this pick.
0: If this is an offensive pick, I think it's a tackle, and you know, Tevin Jenkins sure fits the Raiders tough guy persona, and I bet Gruden loves him. But I prefer Darisod just in a in a, a vacuum. I keep bringing up Parsons and Wasu Moa. That would certainly fit the bill. They could always use more pass rush. Could the first safety on the board even fall this early? That's probably a little rich, but they could use them and. Really, anything on defense would make some sense.
4: Q is ready to go. The Las Vegas Raiders pick is in at number 17
15: in the Ultimate Mock Draft. I'm your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And with the number 17 overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select, out of Virginia Tech, offensive tackle, Christian Derrissaw. And there was a lot of conversations about what direction the Raiders would go at number 17 overall. First tried to trade back and maybe possibly pick up an extra pick here or there. And and maybe even get a skill player like Trayvon Merrick out of TCU, the safety. But... With the exit of Trent Brown now in New England after being traded by the Raiders in the offseason, uh, that hole at that right tackle position was just too big to, to pass up on Darisaw, a guy who was a, a left tackle at Virginia Tech, didn't allow one sack in 2020, did a really good job. He kicks over to the right side and holds down that side of the offensive line. Colton Miller is on the other bookend at the left tackle position. He was the former first-round draft pick just a couple years ago. So now that offensive line becomes a little bit more solidified going into the 21. 21- 21 season with Christian Darasaw as the pick at number 17 for the Las Vegas Raiders.
4: Love it. Need meets value, I think, at this portion of the first round for the Raiders here with an offensive tackle.
0: Premium position, a premium talent for where you got him. I mean, that's probably enough said. Yeah, he'll have to bounce to the right side, but he has the demeanor to be a traditional right tackle and the experience and protection to handle the edge well there. Uh, I like it quite a bit, you know. I mean, I think it pretty much completes the offense. And then if I were in charge of the Raiders from this point on in the draft, I might not take another offensive player.
4: You're right. The defensive side of the ball should be paramount in the draft for the Raiders, but getting a potential starting left tackle is pretty important too. We go to our Odyssey expert, Paul Eihander, Las Vegas, 1140 AM CBS Radio. A three-year starter at left tackle in the
16: ACC, Derrissaw provides any lucky NFL team who drafts him with a true mix of agility, athleticism, and durability. He's pretty much seen it all and can pretty much do it all as a blindside protector, serving up consistency as a wall against a pass rush, but also leading the way as a run blocker. Now, as for pro-ready, it's not about one thing. It's just one whole piece when it comes to Derrissaw. He's a legit true anchor for any offensive line. When it's one-on-one, the stats speak the truth. Zero sacks or QB hits allowed last season, and his Virginia Tech team led the ACC in rushing yards, so you know he quickly created more open lanes than a tow truck driver at a car crash during rush hour. is ready. At his pro day, he told reporters teams think he could work at right tackle, and he says he's comfortable on the left or the right. His versatility makes him incredibly valuable to any unit needing immediate help. The Raiders underwent an offensive line overhaul in the offseason, with the most pressing need remaining after free agency sitting at right tackle. Now, with the Raiders, Garasov would sharpie in to start their right away, as opposed to his left tackle position he played during his Virginia Tech Hokies career. He'd be an immediate upgrade at the spot, with the Raiders wanting to erase the memory of inconsistency on the right side of the line last season. Now, he'd be a solid piece to grow opposite durable left tackle Colton Miller. He signed a three-year extension in the offseason, so he's going to stay there. Miller's played in 46 games for the Raiders. He started all 46. That's important. It would also send a signal to Pro Bowl running back Josh Jacobs, who saw his entire line get gutted in the offseason. He would now have a consistent and proven
4: gap creator, paving the way for him on the ground. Let's get the college perspective with another of our locked-on hosts, Brandon Olson, on the selection.
11: Brandon Olsen here. When you're talking about Christian Darissa, you're talking about one of the best offensive tackles in the class. He's arguably the most athletic tackle in the class. He's a fantastic pass blocker. He loves to get in people's faces in the screen game. And we've seen him absolutely house plays just on his own, really. He's a freak athlete. He reminds me a lot of a young Trent Williams, and that's kind of where I see his ceiling being. He's tremendous in space. He loves to get physical, and he's a cup pong monster.
8: Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, the Draft Dudes podcast. and QB5, off the board here for the New England Patriots at 15, Mac Jones, we were wondering. There was buzz about him going as high as number three. In the draft order here, he ends up slipping to the New England Patriots. And I think this does set the table for an interesting transition because you think about the investments that the Patriots made, the multiple tight ends, Cam Newton has been brought back. You're assuming they're going to go with Cam Newton again in 2021. So there's not, there's not a real complementary connection between Cam Newton's skill set and Mac Jones's. So uh, I think the challenge for New England is going to be setting the table uh, for Mac Jones to have success, getting him comfortable with what they're going to want him to do, knowing that you're going to have to go heavy personnel. You're probably going to have to run the ball a whole lot. It's going to look a whole lot what like the New England Patriots of the early 2000s did with a young Tom Brady. And hey, those really optimistic comparisons to Tom Brady for Mac Jones with his pocket passer style and cerebral play, they're going to have to hope that materializes for them to make this pick count the most.
9: I really love this pick by the Arizona Cardinals at number sixteen, getting cornerback Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. I'd argue he's one of the best ten prospects in this year's draft, but the concerns with the with the back injuries are, are mounting, and that pushes him down the board. He was recently medically cleared, which gives you some confidence about you know him being able to step in and and provide some returns on that investment right away. But the need for cornerback in Arizona is is very obvious. We spent a lot of time talking about Arizona finding the running mate to Patrick Peterson. Well, it took so long for them to find the running mate that they have to replace him now as he's a member of the Minnesota Vikings. Caleb Farley has everything necessary to become a top flight shutdown corner in the NFL.
8: And then this pick at 17 for the Raiders. The Raiders obviously going through some changes along the offensive line, there are changes in the trenches on both sides of the football yeah. now, but. Ultimately choosing to draft Christian Derisaw, uh, I think it's a good fit for his build and demeanor and style of play with how much size the Raiders have traditionally had up front, liking to push guys around that power run game. Uh, so Derisaw I think is a stylistic fit that makes a ton of sense for the Raiders.
4: Another six picks down in our ultimate mock draft. Matt, who do you feel like were the big winners and losers of day three of this event? What I'm going to go
0: with that just happened is Derek Carr. I mean, uh, him and Goff and there's a couple quarterbacks out there that clearly are much more effective when protected. And of course that happened. That's true for many quarterbacks, but some it's just more noticeable. And I was worried, you know, if, if you're going to revamp that offensive line, are you going to put Carr in a compromise situation this year just when things were going good?
4: Patriots have to be considered a winner, and really Mac Jones, right? So the Patriots stand pat, no pun intended there, did not have to trade up for a quarterback, got a potential franchise quarterback at 15, even though I'm not huge on him. If you do want that player, much better to draft him at 15 than the top five. And if Mac Jones is the real deal, maybe a better fit in New England, a better coaching staff, a staff that knows how to win a stable environment versus some other teams that could have drafted him earlier on in the first round, they maybe aren't as good of an incubator for a young quarterback. Maybe you went later than you wanted to get drafted, but that payday with your second contract is much more important.
0: Yeah, and working with Josh McDaniels in particular, I don't think he gets enough credit as an offensive mind. I don't know if it to be a loser, but Cam didn't win in this situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, the second you draft Mac Jones. I'm sure Bill goes to to, to the offense, you know, McDaniel's, and says, "All right, start drawing up an offense for like we used to run it." You know, <laughs> I don't care if Cam likes it or not. And if you're going to pick one or the other to to lean the way that you build an offense, I don't think Cam wins that battle. Big picture,
4: I think another winner is Philly to to be able to trade back from six to twelve add picks and still get who I think is probably going to be the best wide receiver in this class in Devonte Smith. That's rock solid. Really good for Jalen Hurts too. I keep focusing on these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It's all about quarterbacks. It's quarterback-driven league, Matt. We've absolutely seen that in this mock draft with five QBs going in the top 15. What is to come? We've got day four coming up. The Miami Dolphins now with their second selection in this mock draft. They've been active in trades. I wonder if there might be some more trades on deck tomorrow. I have a feeling there will be, so stay tuned for that. Maybe your team will be selecting tomorrow, and you don't expect it between picks 18 and 22 on day four of the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021.